0: This is Rev. Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So welcome everyone. Another great big good morning. It is great to be here today. We have a really special service ahead as we get, we get even closer to Easter and those, those beautiful rhythms of, of, of times, of course, that are very broken and also times where we understand that there is this bigger story. there is joy, there is celebration, there is a holding through all of it, through all of it. So if you're here for the first time and you're coming with whatever, just know, just know, you are welcomed here. You are welcomed here. You tell the congregation, maybe the greatest thing, maybe, if we could ever pull this off, is that for a first-time person entering in here, they feel like they were waiting for me. That's what we hope you catch the spirit of here at New Church Live. So, with looking at today's story, we're going to be talking, going back to the Easter series, we're talking with a great idea like walk with us, walk with us, walk with us. Last week we looked at walk with us when we had hoped. This week we're looking at walk with us when we are when we're angry. There was a good angry voice out there, whoever that was. You know, when we're angry, when, when things haven't really worked, when things feel broken. What can we do? This Easter story, again, as I said, our first part of the series, is it's a story that places you. You can be placed in all kinds of different areas of this story. And then just, just, just let go and let the story move you. Move you in ways, I think, that can make a huge difference in your life. A key part of this is understanding, this is me going big theology for a minute. This is me showing you that I have a master's. This fancy term, divine human, divine human, that's how we see Christ, this this perfect marriage of divinity and humanity, the perfect two coming together, the perfect incarnation of what God is as God walks among us, like what would God be like, what would God do, and here we believe this is the divine human, this part. And it's not only a divine that attaches to a human part, a divine and a human made true in Christ. It's a divine, listen carefully to this, it's a divine and a human that connects with God and connects with us. Connection going this way, connection going that way as well. And so when we look at these stories, it's not just that we we look at this one event of Easter and say, well, that's it. No, it's about how do we put divinity and humanity together? Because listen, 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 it's like music. It's like putting the music and the dance together. I mean, dancing would look pretty silly without music. And the flip of that's true as well. If, if we totally dropped the dance, and as T.S. Eliot said, there is only the dance. There is only the dance. Music would kind of miss something. Like even watching you folks, you know, I'm peeking at you back here from stage as Josh is singing, and you're, you're moving a little bit. Not very much, but you're moving. <laughs> you're moving. That's that dance, right? And that's, that's, that's a divine human. Those are those two things coming together in incredibly beautiful ways. As that happens, folks... New Church, we hold this really simply, that love is transformative, not a transaction. And that it's not about a one-time decision, like at one moment I was saved. It's the idea that, that, yeah, we can have that moment sort of where we get it, where we get clear. But that God is forever saving us. God is forever saving us. Saving us from anger, saving us from loneliness, saving us from the worst parts of our nature. Have any of us been saved this week? <laughs> that simple saving. I mean, I think of what I tell couples all the time. You know, I tell couples like the prayer that God always answers and It's part of that saving process is when you're really stuck, when you're really stuck and you can't move and anger sort of gripped you up. Can you simply pray? simply pray Lord give me your eyes to see this Lord give me your eyes to see this pray that 100% of the time is answered that's what that saving part is that saving grace that continues to vibrate through our lives and continues to put the music and the dance together continues to bring divinity and humanity closer and closer together as well Now, can I share with you a little story? Yes, Yes. I want to share with you a story. I'm actually going to share with you three stories. So that means we're going for three hours today. (laughs) And we're going to do a a condensed version. So today in the Christian tradition, going way, way back, you know, thousands of years, this is called Palm Sunday. I realize for a lot of you that like Palm Sunday, what does that mean? Well, it's a real simple celebration. I'm going to step over here, talk about Palm Sunday. And then we're actually going to move through a number of different things. So, so, we're going to be talking about three different stories, starting with Palm Sunday. and We're going to be using the idea of garments or cloaks as part of that as we move across the stage here. Now, Palm Sunday goes back to this beautiful thing from the Bible. So, what happens? It's shortly before Easter week, sh- shortly before the crucifixion, and, and Christ decides to enter Jerusalem. Jerusalem was sort of the center of culture at that time in the land where he was preaching. The center of, of Jewish tradition. He was Jewish and he's, he's coming into town. And, and everybody had heard about this guy and had heard all the great things he was doing. So they started to, to worship him like, like as a king, but not as a king as in a god, but like as, as king, as, as like this was the guy who was going to free them from the Roman occupation. That's where we pick up the story here. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and should say as well there. Why others cut branches from the trees. Guess what kind of trees? Begins with P, ends with alm. Palm trees. You know, so they're spreading this all down, welcoming their king. Why others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And you can imagine, this is a picture of what that place looks like today. A couple people walking it you know there 's Jerusalem in the background. Uh, the temple would be just to the left of the golden dome there, and uh, you know you see the wall of old Jerusalem, so they 're kind of riding in and you can imagine just just put yourself in that space, folks you know, riding on a donkey or one of the twelve disciples, and that road is just packed with people. Think the eagles parade, you know. Packed with people, and there's palms, and there's cloaks, and there's people saying Hosanna, and they're welcoming as a king. And what they're thinking is, they're thinking he's going to enter back into this city and take over the reins of government and free them from the Romans, free them from the Romans. And aside, you know, I want you to see the connection. We're going to come back to it. Christ is out to free everyone. No division between captives and captors. So he is talking about a kind of freedom. He is talking about something where he's going to re-enter, but it's different than the way we would think it would be. That's why with Palm Sunday, as we preached on last year, it says he, he wrote in and then he broke into tears because he, and he says, like, essentially in our language, he says, they're not getting it. They're missing. This is beautiful. But this isn't my kingdom. This isn't what we're talking about. So we have this story with cloaks to start out with. And again, like imagine your folks, imagine you, imagine you folks on that way, like having seen that, having experienced that. And then you step into a different place just one week later, just one week later, one week later, and this happens. Christ gets crucified. He's he's nailed to a cross. That's why many Christians wear crosses. He's nailed to a cross. That's how the Romans punished people who they believed were guilty of insurrection. And then you observe this, when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, his cloak, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them with the undergarment remaining. This garment, though, was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. So it's just juxtapose these two. A few days before, he's literally entering as king of kings. This is the guy who's going to free us from all the Romans. Within a week, this garment, and look at this picture, this garment was spread on the ground. Christ dying behind, and they're casting lots to see who gets it, to see who actually owns that. These two stories, folks, You know, I feel like we're here sometimes. I feel like we're here sometimes. They're both dealing with garments. And the story, the story is so much about, like, just for a minute, sitting in this place. This place of feeling alone. This place of wondering. This place of not being sure. This this place of concern. Like what did it, like in this continuum, what did, what did this whole following Christ thing meant? If, if this was your only experience, if this was your only timeline, what did it mean except for just a big old disappointment? Pretty tragic one at that. Easter's about this. That's not the end of the story. Never was, and never will be. It's about being able to ask this question. Like I had a a couple, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago. I had a couple come in, and and they're wrestling with like they want to be part of faith. They're not quite sure how to do it. Like how do they actually sort of tap into this stuff? They want something in their lives, and I asked them this question: Like, are you willing to be surprised? Are you willing to be surprised? Yes or no? Are we willing to be surprised? Yeah. Yes. I, this is surprise, folks. Like, you think about it. So if this was the only way you held the experience, just from a peak moment to a crushing loss, there's, there's not, I don't know, like, how do, you, how do you find faith in that? So I th- would imagine a lot of you are like, yeah, Chuck's going to start talking about resurrection. No, I'm not. I'm not going to Easter Sunday yet. I'm going to go to what I think would have been a really, really common experience for those who are starting to see hope again. Maybe through Palm Sunday, probably through words offered, shared over many different spaces in many different times. Maybe through healing. Healing of the heart, healing of the mind, healing of the body. Maybe there's a way we can get surprised if we let ourselves slip back into that time and to just see these words that Christ had offered during his life, words that we can place within this continuum here that totally change it. Words that aren't terribly complicated, but words that give life. And go back to this. I want to say this again. I want you to keep on holding this. Words that set the captive and the captor free, that manage somehow to do both. So I want to step over here for a minute. I want to step over here for a minute. And I want to talk about words that Jesus had shared that I think inform all this. These words, super simple. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Now, now I I preached on this about three years ago, and and some of you will remember, some of you won't. But this is a really, this is so profound. I mean, it's, it's, I think there's many, many profound things in the Bible. This ranks right up there. Because you read through that, it sounds so nice. Like somebody asks you, go one mile, yeah, I'll go two, not a big deal. What's the phrase, folks, that we use that's based on this biblical passage? We use it all the time. Go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. That's where that comes from. What we forget is that this was actually a Roman law. That a soldier could come up with his cloak. See the theme? (laughs) With his cloak, with his armor, with his sword, with his helmet. And could say, you must carry this for one mile. Would you have messed with a Roman soldier and said no? Absolutely not. And yet here's this second part of it. This part by obligation. A second part by choice. You were to choose to go that extra mile. You were to choose it. Now, I want you folks again to think about that. Like, just imagine this. Like, put yourself in this situation. Like, these Roman soldiers, that looks like Darth Vader to me. You know, the, 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 the fear, the worry, the anxiety. I mean, just even seeing a Roman soldier after you had witnessed this, to have seen that. And then you imagine. I mean, put yourself in the place. If, then you imagine these words coming back to your head. Can we flip back to the previous slide? And these words coming back to your head. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Wow. Live in that place just for a minute. Live in that place for a minute. Now I'm actually going to ask Josh to run out here for a quick second. And I want you to to think for a second. Think for a second. Yeah. Think for a second. Give Josh a round of applause here, folks. This is a little improv thing. So what I did is right before church, I said, Josh, I want them to get in the spirit of what it means to walk with me. You know, just in that spirit. So I told him, I gave you about five minutes warning to make up a song. So... So this is Josh, just to get us in the spirit of this. And Josh, there's the mic right there, buddy. All right.
1: <laughs> Walk with me. I'll be by your side. So talk with me. Let me use your mind. Walk with me. Cast your kids away. Go that second mile, and I'll carry you the way.
0: That worked pretty well so that walk with me, that walk with me. Folks, the captive and the captor, free. Captive and the captor, free. See, I think what this means, it's it's this kind of idea, and then Luke's going to help me with this next part. It means that with others, we're not going to make judgments, but we're going to see, and notice this phrase, like I picked this very purposefully, not judgments, but sober anticipations. So in that walking with, that means that that there's a sobriety to it, because sometimes is walking with people hard, Is sometimes is that really hard, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Could we get it all say yes. yes? Yes. It's really hard. It's incredibly hard. So we have to regard that and regard this just, it's just just a sober anticipation. I'm just going to have a sober anticipation around this. And what does that mean? It means I'm willing. I may not even want to, if that makes sense, but I'm willing, I'm willing to enter that, a challenging place where we can open reality to new, hard possibilities. There is nothing easy about this. Could I get an amen on that? There is nothing easy about this. Not a thing. And we have to be able to look at that and not like look at this statement just as some Pollyannish like, go the extra mile buckaroo. It's much deeper than that. And it speaks back to this continual feeling that we have the whole way through the Easter story. So let's, let's put it in our real world experience. I invite Luke up to the stage right now. Luke Fraser's going to join me here for a minute. Is that Luke running down? There you are. Give Luke a round of applause, folks. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about what this, what this is. And I want you just to hear Luke's reaction. We didn't script this. It's just so you can kind of hear your own voice a bit versus just hearing mine. Because we end up with this place. The first mile. Please say the C word there. The first mile is one where we are? We're compelled. We're compelled. So Luke, putting yourself in this situation, putting yourself in this head space, like what, what would be going through your head as you're just compelled to walk that first mile with someone you may not particularly like, somebody who may have actually done you wrong as you saw it? What would that be like for you? Um, I think the first thing that comes up for
1: me is a lot of like resentment. Like, of course, I have to, or else, you know, I may go to jail or whatever it is, like, um, or I may get hurt. But it's, yeah, just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, really? You're going to make me. (laughs) And I go back to, like, my childhood where it's like, you know, get forced to do chores or something like that. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I was going to go sit on the couch for three hours. Um, This is not in my plan
0: today. So, yeah. Good, good. And what, when we were talking about on sermon writing team, someone said what would be going through their mind on the, on the first mile would be, well, you know, I can't punish them, but God's going to. (laughs) You know? That was, and I thought was very true. And then we go through this, folks. We, then we go to mile two. Mile two is where we have, please say it, folks, where we have choice. So, so I go, I go the mile that I have to go. That's really important. You do what you have to do even if it's through gritted teeth, even if it's through, yeah, but you can't make me talk to them. No matter what it is, you do that part that you're compelled to do. And then comes a choice. Second mom. Um, Well, honestly, this
1: is, the choice for me would be like, well, I'm choosing to do this, still don't like you. <laughs> like, this now, now is turned from, you made me do this, so now I'm choosing it, so I'm going to do it really well in spite of you. And there's a little bit of heart in there like, okay, there's some connection, but uh, honestly, that's what comes up <laughs> to It's like, no, I'm choosing this. You're not making me do this. And I'm going to show you how good I am at it. Yeah. Like that's what comes up.
0: For you you totally ruined my preaching point. I know. I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. It's all good. So so you know you can see that, folks. Right? Like that. Like well, I'm choosing it now. This you're going to see Chuck improv here. You know. So I'm choosing this now. Like I'm going to make this happen. And you could hear in his voice too, like a little bit of the heart starting a to drop. Bit. A little, little bit. bit. It's little bit to get of in it. There. heart so. is starting to get in there. Yeah. We can only. Goodwill, that's where we start to allow that a goodwill that leads to truth. And it'll just, it'll start small. It'll start small. But truth and judgment, our heart, all of a sudden they start to flip flop and we start to come from our heart more and more. Because, see, folks, this is what I think is really important. You're going to predict this right away because this is a really bright audience. The most important mile is not mile one. The most important mile is not mile two. The most important mile, please say it all together, is mile three. Mile three, where we are...
1: Yeah. Well, so with mile two, you know, I think that is that heart transition, right? For for me, it's like, okay, now I'm going to choose to serve. And I know for me that when I go from that place of um, you know, I'm compelled to do something I have to do it to, okay, now I'm going to start to kind of choose to serve, even if there's resentment still there that service begins to come into that surprise feeling, that third mile where it's like, okay I'm actually here, I'm doing this, I'm feeling what it could be like to not have to be there, but to get to be here and I think for me that's that surprise, it's like oh my gosh, I'm here, I'm with you, We're, we're walking somewhere I've never walked before, or I'm doing something or conversing with someone I've never talked to before. And it's making those genuine connections for me that's like, oh, that's I'm supposed to be here. Okay, like, thank you. That's good. You know? Give
0: him a round of applause, folks. <laughs> thank so we can see with that, like mile one, mile two, mile three, where we get to that surprise part. Folks, I I, want to speak really clearly here. I really want, I really think this is just so critical. Christianity worked because this wasn't the only story. And it's not your only story either. There are parts where we can take from this message, and when we live into them, the world comes alive. Even in incredibly dark times, the world comes alive. Walk the walk, talk the talk. So much of the talk is the walk. Walk with us. Taking the time to do that. Folks, it's it's so genius what, what was happening here. It's so hard for me to put words to it. Do you see how that's the only way the captive and the captor could both be set free? Do you see that? Yes. That first bit was all about like the Romans are the bad guys. Here, I'm the good guy. We're going to get freed from the bad guys. Okay, they were the bad guys. No doubt about it. But Christ, in his message, is not here to free some of us. His message in his words. Here to free all of us. Every single one of you here. That's what this message is to do. There's nothing easy about it. There's nothing simple about it. But there's a beauty there. So just think in your mind's eye for a minute. Someone who you feel is in that place of a quote-unquote Roman soldier. Someone in your life who, if you had to be honest, you wish they weren't there in your life. That's what this is talking to. And instead of us thinking of a solution of how do I free myself from that? How do I free myself? Ask the question, how do I free us? Us in this relationship, us in this community, us in this church, us in this nation, us in this world, Could I get an amen? amen. How do we do that? That's a good question. And I close with this one. Are you willing to take that walk? And are you willing to be surprised? Amen. We're now going to have a prayer. I'm going to offer a prayer. Then you have the opportunity to say your own prayer, the Lord's prayer as you know it. And then we're going to go into a last song. So please join me in prayer. So Lord, stir in our hearts what it means to actually walk that second mile. A first mile. A first mile, not our choice, but we do it. A second mile, more our choice. And we do it. And a third mile. But we're willing to be surprised. Willing to be open to the hard possibilities. To the hard alternatives. Knowing, Lord, that again, and I'm speaking for me, that I need to constantly kick against the idea that somehow I need to be free that somehow we need to be free. Move me to that place. Move us to that place. A place where we come more and more That ultimate of truths. That we do this. That we do this. That we do this together. And Lord, I also close this prayer with this. Lord, let us move through this week, move through Easter. Allow this story to grab us, to hold us, to move us, literally move our very souls and our spirits to unimagined possibilities, to unimagined worlds, to unimagined love, to unimagined hope. Move us there. Because I know, Lord, so many of us in here today carry great pain. Carry great pain. And thank you, Lord for your presence with us. Thank you for your presence on this earth. Thank you for your presence in this congregation. In your name, Lord, we pray here today. Amen.